Welcome to His Church Owensboro Podcast. We are so excited about what God is doing in your life, and we would love to hear from you. Visit us at hischurch.cc and let us know about all of the things that God is doing in your life. If you have been blessed by this podcast and would consider supporting us financially, please visit hischurch.cc and click on Give to see the many options available. Thank you for joining us. We hope this message blesses you. Hey guys, my name is Pastor Jordan Chrysler, and I'm so excited to be able to speak to you today. I believe God has a word for you in due season, a word that's going to encourage your heart, a word that may even convict you today. I promise you God has something for you today. Would you help me uh, right now to invite all of our other campuses online? Would you give it up for Owensboro, Kentucky? Come on. Y'all give it up for Dumas, Texas. And Henderson, make some noise out there. We're so glad that you guys are joining us today. And all those watching us online, we're so glad that you're here today with us. Uh, my name is Pastor Jordan Chrysler, and I'm so excited to be able to speak a word and do season into your hearts today. You know, when we prepare uh, for a message here at His Church, I want you all to know that we dig for new wells. We dig down to the source for water for each and every one of us, water that will keep us from thirsting forever. I want you to know God has a word for each and every one of you today. It's a powerful word. It's a powerful word that will impact your forever, and I want you to take this home with you today. Take notes right now, because I believe God's going to do something great. Even if you have to take one of the offering envelopes and tear it open and write notes inside of that, take notes. The Bible says that note takers are world changers. So do that today. I promise you you're going to leave full today in the name of Jesus Christ. You know, this week here in our Amarillo campus, we were very blessed to be able to have our kids camp. Uh, I know uh, our Dumas campus has already had that. It was a great success. I was actually able to go to that one. Our Owensboro campus had theirs and Henderson. They're coming at you here in just a couple of weeks. I hope you're ready. I hope you're ready. Uh, I actually wagered this week uh, all of the hair on my head if they made a goal. And uh, they didn't make the goal. I've never prayed that kids didn't hit a goal. Uh, <laughs> But I actually did this time. They were, they were just short of, of the goal. And so we actually, they hit over 200 kids here in Amarillo. Let's give the Lord a hand clap for that. It was incredible. I got to keep my hair, but we actually gave them a, a, a consolation. They got to cover me and our kids director, Miss Polly, in the back. They got to cover us both in shaving cream the last day. Some of you parents that were here, you saw us on the way out. We were completely covered uh, in shaving cream. But it was incredible to see the power of God flow through little children. Amen, church. You know, the thing that, that, that's amazing is that God can put his power in anyone. And his power flowed through those children this week. I mean, we had example after example of our kids praying for other kids, kids praying even for their teenage leaders, kids even praying for adults. And we saw kids operate with the power of God and the healing power of God flowed through them this week. The power of God is not just for one person. The power of God wasn't just in Jesus while he was on the earth. No, the power of God dwells in each and every one of us, and it's even in our children, church. Amen? It's there in our children right now. And so today I want to kind of go off of that, and I want to talk about power, because that whole week was talking about the superhero, which is Jesus Christ, and the power that is within him. And I want to I kind of echo that this week. I want to echo that today so that you guys can see the power, not just in our children, not just in Jesus, but the power that also is within you. Amen, church. So people often ask this question. They ask this question quite often. I've heard this countless times in my life. Uh, it says, the question is, why don't we see miracles in the biblical proportions 
uh, that they did in, in, in the Old Testament, in the New Testament? I've heard that question. How many of you guys out there in this room or how many of you guys watching online have heard that? Uh, why don't we see the miracles happening today that, that we saw in, in, in the Bible? Well, I think the better question to ask is why don't we believe the power that lives within us? Why don't we believe the power that lives within us? Because Romans says this, Romans chapter 8, verse 11, it's very clear when it says this, the same spirit, the same spirit that was in Jesus Christ, the same spirit that rose Jesus Christ from the grave, that same spirit lives in you. All throughout Corinthians, we see this, that we are the temple of the living God and the power of God lives within us. The spirit of God, that is the power of God, lives within us. It's a dynamite power. And this dynamite power that I'm referring to, we see it time and time again in the prophets of old. We see it in the Old Testament. We see it in the New Testament. All over, we see people operating with the power of God, that power flowing through them. Moses was one. He saw the Red Sea split before his very eyes because he raised up his hands and, and, he, and he struck that ground. And, and man, that thing split right before his very eyes. The power of God flowed through him. Another man out of the Old Testament was Samson. Samson had supernatural strength to destroy his enemies. You saw Elijah, which was a prophet of old, call fire down from heaven. How many of you guys would like that power out there, right? Wow. To call fire down from heaven. His predecessor, the guy that came after him, I think he had even cooler power. He actually called two she-bears out of the wilderness. They came and they mauled 42 youth that were making fun of his bald head. That actually happened in the scriptures. The power that God gives his people that's, that's all the Old Testament examples, but we also see in the New Testament how Paul and Peter, when they laid their hands on the dead, they came back to life, church. This is the same power that lives in you. All these men, all these different uh, great characters from the Bible, they had a lot in common when it came to the power of God. Uh, they also had this in common, that they were messed up people. They had issues. They did a lot of things wrong, right, church? If you look at Samson, he was a womanizer, a fornicator, a lawbreaker. Let's look at Moses for just for one second. At times, he was utterly faithless. The man who opened up the Red Sea, sometimes he didn't believe. Sometimes he had issues with his faith. Not to mention, he was also a murderer. He also killed a man. Let's talk about Paul just for one minute. Don't even get me started on Paul. Paul, who penned most of the New Testament under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, Paul consented to persecuting Christians and killing Christians before he became one. Outside looking in, you would look at these people and you would say, there's no way that these people would be a good conduit for the power of God. There's no way that they would be a good conduit. It looks like they would be unworthy. And so we look at this and we realize, though, that the power of God still moved through them, still came through them, even though they were messed up. How many of you in this room are messed up people, right? Go on, raise your hand. Don't lie in church. We're all messed up. We've got some things wrong with us. We all might seem unworthy for the power of God to flow, but it did. It, it can and it does, just like God's power flowed through Moses and Samson. The question was, why don't we see the power move as much as we did in biblical times? Why don't we see that? I think the answer to this question is because we don't see ourselves as fitting vessels. We don't see ourselves as worthy for the power to be able to flow through us. We don't see that. We don't see that at all. The Bible actually talks about us, and it talks about us and describes us in 2 Corinthians, that we are jars of clay. 
delicate, fragile jars of clay, but we hold the power of God. Remember Romans chapter 8? We talked about it. Romans chapter 8, verse 11. I'll paraphrase it for you today. If you believe in Jesus Christ, you have the Spirit of God living inside of you. That same Spirit possesses all of the power that can flow through you. That's Romans chapter 8. This is what this is, is basic Christianity. You're taught. Whenever you're a kid growing up in church, maybe you're an adult coming to the house of God for the first time. Whenever you believe on Jesus, guess what? We're taught that his spirit comes to make its home within you, correct? He lives in you. He's right there within you. And so don't you think God sees you as a fitting vessel? If he's going to put his very spirit within you, you are a fitting vessel. Look at your neighbor, church, and just say you're a fitting vessel. You're a fitted vessel for that power. And when we believe any other way, whenever we believe any other way, what we begin to do is we begin to limit God's power. You see, God wants to move all along, but we need to step out in that power. We need to believe that power. He wants to move just like he did in the Old Testament church. He wants to do just what he did with Moses and just what he did with Samson. He wants to do it again. He wants to do it in you. He wants to do it in you. And he wants to do it in you, church. Every single person in the room, he wants to do it through you. Everyone watching online, he wants to do it in you, church. He wants to move his power through us. All too often, we see ourselves as unworthy. But guess what? That's his pattern. That's his pattern. He chooses those that are unworthy. Look at all the characters in the Bible. They all had stuff major wrong with them. He doesn't choose the flawless vessels. No, his pattern is to choose those who are unworthy and broken and cracked. But the devil wants to lie to us and tell us that our cracks keep us from allowing the power of God to flow through us. But I can tell you right now, that is a lie from the pit of hell, church. It wants to keep you out of the power of God. But when we accomplish God's power and his mission, his power flows through us. You can accomplish that power when it begins to flow through you. That same power that Moses had, that same power that Samson had, the same thing that Moses did when he declared liberty to the inhabitants, that same power, it's his power, and he wants to use you today, church. Will you believe? All you have to do is believe that he wants to use you. He wants to move through you today. You know, it's incredible to see that power in the Bible, exactly what it is in the scriptures. The word in the Greek is actually dunamis, Dunamis. I know it's a, it's, it sounds actually a little bit like dumas, but it's dunamis, right? That power of God, it means inherent power or the power residing in a thing. We see this 120 different times in the Bible. Out of 116 different verses, we see this incredible power word. And uh, there's another word, actually. It's uh, the, the, the root word of Dunamis. Uh, I'm sorry, dynamite is another word, but the root word of it is dunamis. They got the word dynamite from dunamis, the guy who created dynamite. You might find his name a little bit familiar, Albert Nobel. He actually created the Nobel Prize. He put it in his will. He put the details for that there. He created dynamite, something that could come in such a small form, but could create such an amazing outcome, right? An amazing power could come from something so small, just like those kids this week. They might be small, but we saw healings. Kids laid their hands on other kids and teenagers and adults, and people got healed, church. That power of God can be found in such small vessels. That's dynamite power. That's dynamite power. And this power is far too great for any of us to contain here on this earth. 
And that's the issue. You see, once humans get a taste of anything good, once we get a taste of any power or anything like that, what we do is we want to keep it for ourselves. We want to control that. We want to have that power, don't we? It's the human condition. We saw it all the way from the beginning of the foundations of the earth, Adam and Eve. They wanted something more, right? And so the same is true with us. Once we get our hands on anything like that, man, we want to have that for ourselves. It's, it's kind of the American way. Why rent when you can ha have it? Why rent when you can own it, right, church? Well, I want to tell you a story really quick. My son was with me the other day at the dinner table, and I had, uh, had some envelopes I was opening up, and one of them was a blessing from somebody. Uh, had given us a financial blessing. We, was, we were surprised to get it. it was, uh, we were very blessed to get it and, 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 and grateful for that. But I opened it up in front of my son, <clears throat> And he, and he looks at that, uh, that amount, and you know, an eight-year-old, $10 is a lot of money. And so whatever amount we had, he looked at that, and his eyes kind of got bigger. And uh, the Lord in that moment said, give him half of it. And so I said, oh, okay, I, I need to buy him some new shoes for, for school this year, and I need to get him some, some clothes and some different things. But anyway, I'm going to give him half of it. So I take that, I hand it to my son, and his eyes got really big and watered up a little bit, and he hugs me and says, thanks, Papa. I appreciate that. Thank you. And I looked at him in the eye and I said, son, my blessing is your blessing. Everything that I own is yours. Church, I want you to know the father is saying the same exact thing to you today. That the power that he has, it's your power. The power that he has can flow through you. It's yours. If you need it at any time. All you have to do is reach up into the heavens. It's right there at your fingertip for any miracle, for anything that you need. God wants to bless you with it. The Father is telling you this today. It's far too great for any of us to really contain. God wants to work through you with that power. And the Lord's Prayer kind of caps this off. If you're familiar with the Lord's Prayer, the very end of it, thine is the kingdom and thine is the what church? The power. It's his. It's not ours. But guess what? We get to enjoy it. We get to have it move through us. We get to be vessels of God's power. If you believe, you can be a vessel of God's power. We know what we think of the power that's in us. What does God think of the power that's in us? Let's look at some scripture really quick. God says this about his power in us. The Lord says in uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 7, it says, the Lord says that his spirit has been placed within earthen vessels. Treasure in earthen vessels. He's placed his spirit within us. Another great translation, this is the NRSV that says this. It says, but we have this treasure in jars of clay. We have this treasure in jars of clay so that it may be clear that this extraordinary power belongs to God and does not come from us. This power that we get, to, we get to operate with, this power that flows through us, it doesn't come from us. It doesn't originate with us, but no, it comes through us. It can be coming through us, and it's, a, it's, it's like a lighthouse to people to see the power of God, the signs and wonders, the amazing thing that God wants to do. Remember that word dunamis, right? It denotes that power. It's inherent, uh, it's inherent power that resides in a thing, and it, does, it denotes power for performing miracles. It also denotes moral power and excellence of soul or an outstanding character. In other words, it gives you the power over sin, how many of you guys out there need power over sin? 
right? We have temptations that hit us all day, and we have to have the power over these things, but it doesn't come from us. It doesn't come from our own willpower, because guess what? That word will, that's a man's name. And I'm sorry if your name's Will out there today, but he has no power over sin. Willpower has no power over sin. Only God's power has power over sin. And you can use that, church. Willpower has no power over sin. It gives you also power for influence. I want to kind of relate this to right now our situation, our pastor, Pastor Brian Gibson. How many of you guys are grateful for Pastor Brian Gibson? I'm so thankful for Pastor. I wouldn't be standing here today if it wasn't for Pastor Brian bringing a church to Owensboro, Kentucky. I'm so grateful for the power that God has moved through him. And so power for influence. In the last year and a half, two years, we've seen Pastor Brian's influence blow up. He's on things like Fox News and Max News and all of these different news syndicates. He's professing the gospel of Jesus Christ. I, I, witnessed, I witnessed in Washington, D.C., him profess the gospel to 12,000 people at one time and a third of the congregation, a third of the church there, a third of the people there that day got saved. He's also got to preach the gospel where millions of people saw it on news syndicates. Yeah, let's give the Lord a hand clap for that. There's influence. This power isn't Pastor Brian's power. No, no, no. He just believes the power can move through him as a vessel. Amen, church? Isn't it amazing what you can do, what God can do through you if you just believe you are a fitting vessel? Everybody look at your neighbor and say, you're a fitting vessel. See, this power that we're talking about is a very small taste of the power that which is to come. Because Jesus is at the right hand of the throne of power, according to Matthew chapter 26, verse 64. And one day he will come on the clouds at the sound of the trumpet with great power, according to Mark chapter 13. He will be coming with power, church. He will be coming with power. You know, this power that he's coming with that day, I promise you, church, it's going to make the Red Sea split look like child's play. That power that you could have seen with the water walls stacked up 10 high and people walking through, that was great power. But the power you'll see when he comes back will blow our minds literally. You know, I had a dream not too long ago. This has been about three weeks ago, four weeks ago. I shared it with lots of guys that, I'm, that we're close to. Uh, it was about the return of Jesus. Uh, I think lots of people are having these dreams right now. Anybody out there have anything like that happen? You're thinking about these type of things? Yeah, some of us. Uh, right now, uh, and I had that dream. We were all sitting in a room. We're looking out a bay window, giant bay window. We're looking at a horizon down in a valley, and I could see a huge landscape and a huge horizon. And all of a sudden, I start to see things fall over the edge of the, the roof. It was what looked like butterflies cascading over the edge of the roof, falling over the edge of the roof. Butterflies, uh, vibrant colors, colors that I have never seen in my entire life, just flowing over the edge of this roof. And the people in the room were looking at each other like, what's happening right now? Uh, I don't understand. But the sound was so loud, it kind of startled us. We were scared. And you couldn't see the horizon because of the butterflies. You couldn't see anything like that because of all the butterflies that were covering the window. But as the last butterfly fell, I looked at the horizon and I could see the sun. But it wasn't the S-U-N. It was the S-O-N. It was the son of the living God and he was coming on the clouds with power. And the sound that I heard was a sound that I couldn't even begin to describe to you. A sound that I almost had to even cover my ears because of the power, the torrent that was coming of the wind. 
It's almost like I was an ant and there was a, a vacuum cleaner sucking and it was just this sucking sound towards the sun. There was only one thing I can really liken it to was whenever uh, my wife and I were on our honeymoon, we were in California, we went to Yosemite uh, Park and I was looking down at this river and all the glacier uh, was melting and all this water was coming in uh, and it was coming into this one giant rock and just nailing this rock and this sound, it was so loud. It was so loud. I mean, I couldn't even imagine the sound uh, of that dream. That was just a small inkling of really what it was that I can liken it to. The sound was incredible. But God's power, man, we haven't even seen anything yet, church. Amen? We have seen nothing yet. Church, he saw you worthy to send his son Jesus the first time. He saw you worthy. He saw you worthy. And the Bible says in Isaiah chapter 53, verse 10, it says that he was pleased to crush his son. This is a verse that not a lot of people like to preach, not a lot of people even like to say, to think that God, when he saw his son and his blood being wrung out of him on the cross, it pleased him to know that he could give his spirit to you then. He could give his power to you then. He wants to bless you with that. He wants to give you with that. I'm so thankful for the power of God in my life today. I want you to keep that idea in mind that it pleased the Father to send Jesus Christ to the cross for you. And with that in mind, believe that he sees you as worthy for the power of God to flow. It's his power. It's his power, church. He sees you worthy. What does this power do? That's a good question we need to ask because the power is not just for us to contain and to have and to say, okay, great, we got power, wonderful, I'm going to go fly or levitate in the corner. No, this power isn't for that. It's not. What does this power do? We see the physician, Luke. Many of you have heard of the physician, Luke. He writes the book of Luke. He also writes, uh, the book of, writes in the book of Acts. But he gives us great descriptions of this power. And I want to read this to you if you're taking notes. I'm going to go quick, but write all these down. Luke chapter 4, verse 36. Power commands unclean spirits to come out. That's right. That power lives in you. You can call and cast devils out of people. You can call and cast devils out of areas, out of things, away from your house. You can do that. I promise you right now, at every single campus, there are campus pastors who would love to do this for you. Pastor John Tatum would love to cast a devil out of you. I promise. Pastor Pastor Donahue, Pastor Frank Gordoa, they would love to cast the devil out of your house. I promise you. But guess what? You can do it. You can do it because you have that power living on the inside of you. Luke chapter 5, verse 17. The power of the Lord was present to heal them. Dunamis power. Present to heal their physical bodies. Jesus Christ took stripes on his back for our physical infirmity so that we could live healthy and whole. That power to see someone healed lives in you believe it today. Luke chapter one, I'm sorry, Acts chapter one, verse eight, you shall receive power to witness. It doesn't matter if you're extroverted or introverted. God has put power in you to tell people about Jesus Christ, no matter what your personality style is. You can go to someone with boldness and tell them Jesus loves you. You can go to someone with boldness because you have power. You've got a power in this earthen vessel. You have a power in the jar of clay. It doesn't matter your personality style. Acts chapter 3, verse 12, that power, that power that the lame shall walk. 
We've seen people get up out of their wheelchairs. We've seen people put down their crutches. We've seen people take off their knee braces. This is all very recent things that I'm talking about. That same power is within you. Acts chapter 6, verse 8, power to do great signs and wonders. Acts chapter 10, verse 38, anointing to do good and to heal all that were oppressed of the devil. Acts chapter 19, verse 11, unusual miracle power. What I'm talking about, church, is creative miracles. Someone who was born without an eye in their head, when you pray for them, the power of God falls on them and an eye grows in their head. I'm talking about unusual miracles, creative miracles. I'm talking about the power to raise someone from the dead. I'm telling you right now, if you have the power of the living God in you, you can bring them a fresh dead that day and they could come back to life. It doesn't matter if it's that day. It could be 10 days. It could be a week. It could be a month later. That person can come back to life. Church, these are radical things, aren't they? That's who we are. That's who we are. The power of God is in you. And don't tell me my God's not that great. Don't tell me my God can't do it. Don't tell me my God can't raise somebody from the dead. But guess what? He needs a vessel. He needs a vessel. What if Moses wasn't there? Well, I don't think that Red Sea would have split. What if Paul didn't lay hands on that person in the New Testament? They weren't coming back to life. What if Elijah didn't call heaven down from the sky? It wouldn't have happened, church. He needs a vessel, and you're that fitting vessel. You know, Paul wrote to the Corinthians about being jars of clay. Those Corinthians, they were Christian Corinthians. They were brand new to this whole thing we call Christianity. They had no clue what to do. They were in rough shape. They were sexually immoral. They were divided on every side. They were divided thinking that they were better than other people in their groups because of the idea they had from their past life. It was their BC life, right? The before Christ life. They had this understanding. They brought it into their Christian world. And all along, all throughout Corinthians, we see Paul is reminding them of the central theme of Corinthians. It's God's power over human prowess or effort. The whole book of Corinthians, first and second book of Corinthians, you can see this theme if you're doing an outline over and over again. He's showing that his power is superior to human effort. We cannot do it on our own. We're broken. We're cracked. But when the power of God can come through us, that's when he can do it. God's power is over human prowess or effort. I am so thankful that his power doesn't hinge on my power. But his power hinges on human weakness. Don't leave home without that. His power hinges on human weakness, church. Let's look at the scripture to pull this understanding. You see that same understanding in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 9 through 11. I want to give you the context here. Paul is writing to the Corinthians, and he's telling them how he prayed that God would take a thorn out of his side because it's causing him weakness. Now, we can debate on what this thorn is all day, but really this thorn does not matter because it caused weakness. Some say it was a physical infirmity. Some say it was a demon that was sent to bother him and to buffet him or to really literally beat him when he'd go and preach the gospel. It does not matter because it caused weakness. And he gets to this place and he's asking God to remove this weakness from him. But you want to hear what God says? He says, my grace is sufficient for you. For power is made perfect in weakness. Let me say that again. 
for power is made perfect in weakness. So I will boast all the more gladly in my weakness, so the power of Christ may dwell in me. Therefore, I am content in weakness, insult, hardship, persecution, calamities for the sake of Christ. For whenever I am weak, then I am strong. This is Paul writing here telling us that the power of God is, perf- is perfected in our human weakness. You see, our BC life before Christ's life would say it's quite the opposite. We have to have a symbolism of some type of strength in our life. We have to have a showing of some type of strength in our life. We always want to look stronger than we really are. Man, you know what I'm talking about. You take a picture, right? What do you do automatically? Maybe even tiptoe a little bit. The guys around you are a little shorter, right? But guess what? They're tiptoeing too, most of them. Don't lie out there, guys. If you're not, if you're not flexing in the picture, I know what you're doing. You're sucking in. <laughs> Making it a little bit thinner. Ladies, you're laughing now, but I've seen the duck face that you make on the selfies. Everybody, look, everybody wants to look stronger. Everybody wants to be stronger and better than, they, than, than what we think that we are. That's, that's us trying to be stronger in our weaknesses. We try to do it our, with, our, with our own efforts, but God is saying... I'm going to make you strong. I'm going to let my power flow through you. You don't have to do it on your own. You're broken. You're cracked. But there's a reason that you're broken and cracked. I'm here to tell you today, church, that you're cracked, that you're broken, that you might think that you're unworthy, but it's also the power of God can flow through you, church. The power of God can flow through you. I want to bring this into light for you today. I've got a little illustration. Bear with me one second. Oh, a little water. How about that? I've got a little illustration I want to show you guys today. Take a look right now at these, at these clay jars. This is an example of what God says that we are. And you see one here, this one right here. This is a fitting jar, right? If anybody would look at this from the outside, they would say, this is, there's no cracks in this jar. This could hold water. This could hold, this is exactly designed to do the thing that it was made for. There's no cracks. There's no holes. It's not broken. I could put water in this and the water would stay. What, what about the other one though? This other jar has been broken. This other jar has been cracked. This other jar has issues And most would tell you, let's just put that thing in the corner, right? Let's take this thing and hide it. Maybe turn the crack towards the wall so you could use it for some decoration, right? But this thing right here has severe cracks in it. The world would say, why don't you just hide that? Hide it away so no one sees it. Better yet, why don't, you just, why don't you just toss it away? Why don't you just throw the thing away? Get rid of it because there's no use for this thing. It's a cracked vessel. It's unworthy. It's not fitting for the power of God. It's not fitting for it to contain anything. We've made ourselves believe this. The world's made us believe this. Ourselves have made us believe this. The enemy have made us believe this, church. This is a lie from the devil to throw that thing away. It's a lie from the devil not to be able to use these jars of clay. The unbelievers, they've been blinded by the idea 
that we're supposed to throw these things away or get rid of these things. They've been blinded, blinded by this idea, and it keeps them from seeing the light of God, the light of God that is the gospel of God. But I want to bring something into light for you today. I want to unveil something for you today, church. These cracks right here, all the cracks that are going through this jar right here, they're there so that God's power can begin to flow through them. They're there so that God can do something through you. He can't do it through the perfect vessels because they've got everything they need. He can only do it through the broken ones. He can only do it through the ones who have cracks, who feel like they're unworthy. I want to show you exactly what happens whenever you pour God's power into a fitting a vessel that's not cracked. It contains that water. It doesn't go anywhere. It doesn't have any issues, right? But I want to show you what happens, exactly what happens whenever you pour God's power into a cracked vessel, a vessel that is weak. What happens when you pour God's power into vessels that are weak? That power doesn't stay there. No, that power begins to flow out of each and every pore, each and every crack inside of that vessel. And the power gets on everything and on every single person that's around it. God wants to use your weakness we know and we understand the scripture that says his power is made perfect in your weakness. It's made perfect in your flaws. It's made perfect in your cracks. No longer hide them from the world. No, no longer hide them from the Lord. No longer hide them from yourself. Start to reveal these things to God. I want to pray with you today here right where you're at. Would you bow your heads? Would you close your eyes just for one moment? You might be hearing the sound of my voice. Maybe you're watching online at another campus right now, right where you're at. I want to pray for you. I believe what God's doing right now is he's asking you to bring the weaknesses that you have into the light. Take them out of darkness where they can't be seen, where the cracks can't be seen, and God can't use them. He wants you to take the veil away. He wants the, that light to reveal the issues. He wants to change things, and he wants to move his power through all of those cracks in you. But if you don't bring it into light, he can't use it. If you keep it in the darkness, God can't move. So you might be here today, and you say, man, I've got, I've got some cracks. I've got some issues. Maybe you, you say, I know I've got some. I don't know quite what they are yet, but... I want God to reveal those things to me. If you ask the Lord to reveal these cracks and these issues to you, he will. He will right where you're at. If that's you in the room and you say, I, I want God to reveal these things. I want him to bring these things to light. If you were where you're at right now, just lift a hand to heaven. Just lift the hands up all over the room. Hands up all over the room. God wants to use you. You're a fitted vessel. You're a fitting vessel for the conduit of the power of God. And he wants his power to get on everything and everybody around him. And everything and everybody around you. Those of you in this room that's lifted your hand, I want to pray for you right now. I want to I pray God's sing upon your life. I want to pray right now for you that God would reveal these things and he would start to use these things and it would be a powerful testimony to his power. Let's pray for that today. Father, we praise you. Lord, we thank you, Lord, in this place today. 
We praise you, Lord, that your power is flowing like never before, Lord. I pray that you would bring all those things to light. And every single individual, every single person, Lord, that's lifted their hands here today, I pray, Lord, that you bring those things to the light, that they come out of the darkness, Lord, that they can see each and every crack, each and every situation, Lord. But you don't leave them there, Father God. I pray that you would take those things, Lord, and they would become a great testimony, Lord. They'd become a great testimony and a conduit, a pathway for your power to come and to heal others, Father God. To cast out devils, Father God. Power over sin, power over sickness, power over anything, Father God. Right now I pray for all of those with hands lifted high at every single campus under the sound of my voice here in Amarillo. Father God, in Dumas, in Owensboro, in Henderson, anyone watching online today, Lord, let your power flow through them, Lord. Jesus' mighty, mighty name. And the church said, amen, amen, amen. Let's give the Lord a big hand clap today. Praise God.